Icy Star Wars, a podcast by collectors for collectors. Welcome back to another episode of Icy Star Wars. I'm here with Philip Brown. What's up, brother? How you doing? Hey, Mike. Hey, Icy Star Wars fans. It's a beautiful August day here in sunny Southern California. How's things in Nashville? Oh, it's nice and warm. The sun is finally peeking through the clouds. That means I'll actually get to mow my lawn this weekend, which is exciting. I uh, didn't get to mow it last <laughs> weekend, so I'm living in a jungle. Uh, the big news over here is kids are back in school. My son's back in school, and I don't even know what to do with all the time I've got back. And maybe I'm even going to have to have time to like go through my collection and decide what I want to keep, what I want to sell, yeah. do all these types of things. And I can actually do that now since I don't have a rug rat running around and uh, actually getting into all my stuff. So You can uh, search through all the variants. In, in... <laughs> exactly. I've been acquiring so much stuff, you know, so much uh, that I don't even actually know what I have. I think I'm preaching to the choir oh, yeah, when I talk is. about that because uh, it is pretty nonstop. <laughs> I don't know what I'm the king of. King I, of uh, front hallways filled with boxes. Is that me? I, I am know, definitely I think, the king of that. Uh, absolutely. I think last time I was at your place, I looked in like a bathroom cabinet. There was a bunch of Star Wars stuff in yeah. there. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Craziness, man. Well, it's a wonderful so, addiction yeah. to have. I mean, it's fun. At least you always got something to play with. So, well, I guess we have a ton of stuff to talk about, huh? We've got uh, a. Uh, I think I heard something about a new toy store opening up. Yeah, um, that's what I heard too. Well, my wife there, uh, yeah, Andrea, well, she um, she got it in her head that she doesn't want to work her job. She has a fancy pants job, man. She's the controller down at Pontiac Buick GMC. Well, it's not Pontiac anymore. Uh, Buick GMC Cadillac. That's how long she's worked there. Uh, <laughs> they still used to make Pontiacs back then. But um, it's she she right. wanted to get out of that job and go do something. And this is what she decided she wanted to do because she really likes collecting Star Wars. She really likes buying the modern stuff. I know you're into the modern stuff too. Um, but she really uh, yeah, she really likes buying that modern stuff. And it's gotten to such a point, as you said, that it's literally everywhere where you have to decide what you're going to keep, what you're going to sell. And when she came came up with this idea i said you know what why not it's a great idea i buy way too much stuff and wouldn't it be nice to park my truck in the garage so uh (laughs) there you go that's how a toy store starts right there you just buy too much stuff um but yeah no it's it's going great we lucked out and found an awesome place that uh by complete chance happens to look just like the endor bunker and um Right. It's very exciting, man. We we were setting up uh, display cabinets last weekend, and this weekend we're going out mm-hmm. there. We got some power washing to do, and uh, putting mm-hmm. up signage, and starting to set up the actual figures and put them into inventory and start doing UPCs and stuff like that. So it's really really exciting. It's a whole different kind of uh, selling Star Wars that I've never seen um, or done. I mean, I've been to a lot of toy shops, but we're trying to change some of the things mm-hmm. with toy shops. Um, mm-hmm. We're trying to make it. I don't know. I don't want to say cooler stuff because everything's cool. Um, tougher mm. to find items than you would normally see at toy shops is what we're going for. Awesome. You know, Mike, uh, you know, we're going to talk about this more in the news for sure. But uh, So I actually have a, a few questions for you when we get to the news about what this store is going to look Uh-oh. like. And we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen that but, volcano you know, that uh, Frodo throws his ring into? Just like that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah perfect, perfect. Perfect. Pit of fire where uh, I just throw yeah. money. That's what I expected. <laughs> but well, those are the well, most I, fun things uh, in my well, life, gotta, man. You know. So. 
But it's really exciting um, to have another brand, another entity in the IC family of all things that you do, we do, um, uh, come to being. And so uh, definitely exciting time for the IC all around. Absolutely, man. Uh, What we're always going for is we're trying, we're very staunchly opposed to reproductions of any kind or counterfeits of any kind. We believe that collecting Mm -hmm. Star Wars toys has gotten to a point where it's no longer just collecting a toy, some random toy, but it's really a a Mm -hmm. valued collectible with a market value um and they have these mm-hmm. when they start doing these repros and stuff it really messes with that and it actually turns them into counterfeit goods so we want to make sure that there's one mm-hmm. place in the world where it's safe and to tell you the truth the ic Absolutely. has really grown into that that's that's the whole hook of the ic if anybody's ever new and wondering what it is what's our secret how could you possibly have that mm-hmm. kind of user activity on your facebook group stuff like that all you got to do is you got to yeah. look at it. People are looking for real stuff. There's people looking for fakes, of course, but mm-hmm. there's people looking for real stuff. And if you go on eBay, Philip, and type in the words Star Wars or vintage Star Wars, you're going to get everything mm-hmm. that's over 20 years old, number one, not vintage Star Wars. Um, you're going right. to get tons of repro all over the place it's either disclosed or not disclosed or written in such a way that it's disclosed 30 paragraphs into the description exactly you got to be very careful yeah and you know what we're just trying to make a place where you don't have to be careful where every single thing you buy literally i just got in they're really cool i just got in these printouts which are going to be stapled on the top of bags so we can hang them on the pegs you know and on the back of it, we right. put on the back of every single item, it says, you got 15 days to bring it back, and we'll give you a full refund if there's anything that, you know, if it's not correct in any way or if it isn't, one, it'll be 100% authentic. But just in case, it even comes with a guarantee. There's no other toy shop, no right. other place that does that. And the reason why is because people don't take the time and the effort to really look through stuff. That's what we're trying to bring. That's what we try to keep the IC name about. That's what we try to keep the convention about. ICCCon, shoot, Philip, how many people walk around and tell us if there's a problem, and then we go make people remove stuff? Because there's no 100%. repro. You know? We get somebody who walks off, and they're like, hey, man, Table 35 has a little repro, you know, wicket spear. And it's like, oh, where's Table 35? Yeah. And we sent out Nat, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know what, Mike? The quality of the repros is becoming so much better than it used to be it's it's hard and more and more difficult to 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 determine what's a repro and what's not so it's important for all of us in the community to pay attention to this kind of stuff because there are huge repercussions Um, and to share that education with others man i mean the the things that we each know about repro share it with others so we'll even have things at that store where you can come up and say you're looking at a figure not only will we tell you it's not fake but we'll also show you if you'd like to learn. I mean, we can show you with an eye loop how the card isn't faked, and we can show you with this and mm-hmm. with that and with UV lights. It's not going to just be like, oh, there's a bag with a figure in it. Go figure out if it's real or not. That's on you. We're going to not yep. only show you, but we'll physically show you too. So it's going to be yeah. a really cool thing. Just the amount of information we're going to be able to get out with a brick-and-mortar store or hopefully mm-hmm. a franchise of brick-and-mortar stores because you know what, man? It could say, I see Toys LA or something like that, <laughs> Philip. So start thinking, man. Start sa- Keep saving exactly. your collection, man, because you said you don't know what to get rid of. Not yet, man. Give me a couple years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, well franchise you, you up, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. There you go. Yeah, yeah. anyway, the... Uh... Yeah, the repo conversation uh, is going to be a conversation that's never going to go away, especially because of all the new people constantly coming into the, the hobby. Yeah. I got a quick quick story. Yeah. A friend of mine 
uh, that I recently turned on to the IC, jumped in, loved it, letting them go to town, right? Uh, he uh, bought a couple of Vaders from uh, one of the uh, um, uh, 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 live sales. And one had a saber, one didn't. He's all so excited. I got these great price. I love these these Vaders. Now all I got to do is go out and find a repro saber for this one. Oh. Uh, uh, no, dude. No. <laughs> you. <laughs> that is not what you do. <laughs> here, look. You can get real yeah. ones right here. Yep. <laughs> kind of a thing. So, uh, yeah, the education uh, aspect of all things we do, I see, is, is uh, more valuable than people know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you have like a supercar, say you have a brand new McLaren or something, and you crack up that McLaren, you're going to spend the hundred grand to get it fixed. You're not just going to take out a couple cans of Bondo and slap it together, because then it's not a McLaren. It's a trashed car with no title. And if these things came with titles, hey, there would be no problem. You can make fake parts as much as you want, because then it has a title with it, and everybody knows the difference. The problem is, is they keep trying to make it closer and closer, and the only reason why anyone would ever do that is in order to steal money. It's the only reason. I'm sorry. If you just want the nostalgia back, man, it could be purple. It could be green. It doesn't have to be the exact color and shape and everything. Sorry. Sorry. It doesn't have to, man, because you know as well as I do, when we were a little tiny kid, sure, you know that Leia's blaster looks like XYZ, but you don't know it has an exact mm-hmm. crosshatch pattern on the butt of it that makes it Leia's blaster. You know what I mean? It's excessive. Right. It's excessive. Mm-hmm. And way back in the day, at least they had the self-respect to pretend that it was a, a, a thing for people that couldn't afford the real things by making the Mm -hmm. terrible ones that didn't float, that were painted. But those ones had major, simple tells. So any collector with a week in the hobby could figure out they were fake. Not that I'm condoning those, because they obviously opened up a path to the nonsense that we see every day now. But at least it was very simple for collectors to tell. And there were very simple ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, back in the day when they actually made the Imperial Gunnery back in 19-whenever... And they put it out there. It was very easy to tell because they put up all the repro that were repro. And they said, this is how you tell. Mm -hmm. And this is that. And that was fine. That was great. It was a great idea. And if they would have just stuck with making the repro the same as those, it wouldn't be an issue Mm -hmm. like it is. But, man, give me a reason why you would make something translucent or make something float. Mm -hmm. Why would you make it float? Who's going to check? Are you telling Mm -hmm. me you're sitting in a bathtub being like, you know? Playing with Star Wars guys, and you're like, oh, that blaster doesn't float. It's not a good enough reproduction. Come on. No. The only reason why is to confuse people so they can steal more money. Because what they do Uh, is they sell it to a third party that is looking to trick people. Because they go carpet bagging to different toy shows and different conventions and pop up their little stand where you're never going to see them again. And they take as much money as they can and leave. That's one of the major points about the store, too, is we want to have a place where there is no take it and leave. You can trust the IC. You can trust ICCC. Mm -hmm. And if you ever have any squirrely feelings at all, come stop on by. We actually have a physical address unlike everywhere else on Facebook. Yeah, Very exciting. I'm fired up, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited because, I, see, one day I hope that we get I, to be, like, the Hasbro, like, connection. And then, like, you see that that, <laughs> uh, that that droid on your shirt there? I mean, maybe, you know, get the cool new yep. giant metal one of that or something. I don't know, man. Exactly. But that's how you get all the exclusives, right? You got to have a store. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to can't wait to be there for the opening and can't wait to uh, talk about it uh, 
uh, in depth in a little while. But, uh, you know, while we're on the subject of vintage, do you think maybe we should uh, dive into the uh, uh, IC-101? Yeah, for sure, man. I think we got a great one this week, too. It's one of my favorites. IC-101. You must learn the ways of the Force. All right, we got Princess Leia Organa and Bosch Disguise. Do you say Bosch or Bausch or Boosh? Bausch. Bausch. I just kind of say whatever rolls off the tongue. Uh, the, du- the double H always gets I like uh, I like <laughs> Boosh because it sounds like Skadoosh, you know, from Kung Fu Panda. Skadoosh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I go with Boosh. You know, it's fun- I think I'm wrong, though. It's funny. Uh, of all the consistent decades-long debate over how things are, uh, the nomenclature of Star Wars, like AT-AT versus yeah. AT-AT. It's funny, I've never heard any uh, debate over Leia, Bausch, Boosh. Bausch. Boosh. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but what I can say is this figure is 100%. Awesome. awesome. It's probably one of the best engineered mm-hmm. figures in the history of action figures, and I'm talking about any toy line. It's phenomenal, and it doesn't get enough credit. Um, right. It started off all the way on Return of the Jedi cards. Obviously, she wasn't in there until Return of the Jedi. This is the Princess Leia that has the helmet, and uh, she came with a long stick. It was her rifle there, and that that's another thing. She has a proprietary helmet and a proprietary stick, and you can still find her out there at a pretty good cost, um, really good price. So if you're thinking about army building, there's nothing like Leia Bosch. Plus there's a uh, – or Leia Boosh. <laughs> Plus there's so many different mm-hmm. variants and stuff, yeah. man. I mean, they really made them a lot of different places like, you know, Taiwan and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. you can get baggies. You can get trilogues goes from Palatoy. It's really cool. They even have Lily Letty ones, and the Lily Letty ones even have a variation mm-hmm. where you can get one with the unpainted helmet, so it's just the yellow helmet, um, which is really cool. Right. But also be careful out there, folks. The yellow helmet, make sure you have somebody that knows what they're doing with Lily Letty. Check it out because the yellow helmet would also become a yellow helmet if you are a little kid that liked to chew on helmets. So if you didn't know, chewing on a helmet long enough will make it yellow for you. Because that's the color that's underneath it, and that paint will come off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. You know, Mike, when when we were discussing, talking about Leia Bausch, Bausch. Ooh, I uh, like Bausch. I had a couple that observations. Bausch. Bausch. Okay, well, I think maybe we'll settle on, we'll settle on Bausch for the, at least the duration of okay, this podcast. Okay, I'll try my best. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Leia Bausch. Bausch. Uh, I had a couple of couple of observations uh, about this yeah. that kind of almost transcend the figure itself. But number one, uh, I didn't realize till I thought about it that, uh, and I, I don't remember what the release sequence was, the waves during the Return of the Jedi uh, um, uh, releases, but her and Lando Skiffguard were among the first figures to have removable headgear, right? Mm, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I, I don't no, think that there was Luke Stormtrooper in, came out in, later in Star Wars or ESP, right? right? Right. Well, you had basically you've got Leia Bausch, you've got um, uh, Skiff Lando, uh, you got the Rancor Keeper, Chirpas and whatnot, Ewoks, and the Ewoks, yeah. right? Um, had removable headgear. The other thing about that, I mean, I, I mean, I thought that was interesting uh, since. 
looking back at ESB and Star Wars, there was there wasn't removable headgear on those first two, uh, uh, the the figures from the first two films. Unless I'm wrong, I mean I I think so. But that so that was a pretty cool uh, design enhancement from Kenner back in the day. And of course, you already mentioned how the her unique rifle just to her back. They were just yeah, they the, were just getting in the groove of things when Lucas stopped making absolutely. movies. Absolutely. Yeah, the helmet really fits right on the back <laughs> of her backpack and that rifle tucks in under her arm. She can actually hold her rifle and her helmet on her back without her hands being full. It's it's a phenomenal figure. But they really did hit their stride, man. I mean, look at the quality of some of the last 17 figures. Luke and Stormtrooper is a phenomenal action figure. It looks great. Helmet removes. You can redo scenes from the movie. It breeds nostalgia more than anything else because it's just awesome. Um, even a man a man look at the sculpt of a man a man with his weapon. It's phenomenal. How do you make something with gigantic arms like that be able to hold a giant stick with three skulls on it and not fall over on two tiny little feet with a tail? It's unbelievably well made. Right. Yeah. Um, a- absolutely. Imperial Gunner looks just monstrous, you know. Mm-hmm. They really hit their stride, and they yep. even hit their stride more so at the very end with droids and Ewoks. If you really think about it, the droids and Ewoks, whether you like them, don't like them, whatever, it doesn't change the fact that those are some of the best engineered figures that Kenner ever produced. I mean, look at the low gray from droids and Ewoks. It's uh-huh. awesome. And I mean, yes, I think it it's is. a silly figure that's of a cartoon I didn't like, but it still doesn't change the fact that that sculpt on that figure is phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. So they really did grow into it, and they really hit their stride. And I don't know what the disconnect was between that and the uh, the Muscle Men of 1995 that came out, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the sculpting process definitely changed there for oh, a little while. Man. But they've started to bring it back, man. The sculpting is a little bit better. But see, sculpting has taken a backseat nowadays to posability. And that's unfortunate. I mean, everything has a ball joint everywhere. And it looks weird. You know? It looks like Mm -hmm. the weird elbow is a ball joint. And the hip is always a ball joint that goes into, like, this crevice. And the only way that they don't look strange is when they have cloth goods nowadays. And uh, right. that's very, very few and far between. And the reason why is because it covers up the entire mm-hmm. sculpt. But you look at these old figures, right. and that hip fit right into that joint. It doesn't look weird. And granted, they only have five points of articulation, mm-hmm. but that's also why you can make something right. giant like a man man stand up or something very tiny mm-hmm. like Leia Bosch be able to hold all her accessories without holding them. Yes. They also came out right. with a coin for right. her. Did you know that? Mail away, really, really rare, uh, tough to find. You learn something new on every IC Star Wars podcast. <laughs> I did not know. Yeah, that. man, they came out with a coin for her. I don't have one, but uh, no, I, I well, I obviously don't have one because I didn't know it existed. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> definitely something to check out. So anyway, Mike, I had a second observation, and this had more to do with the films, yeah. which actually. Um, uh, makes this figure to me a little bit more iconic uh, than than some of the others in the uh, uh, Return of the Jedi line. Uh, we had, I had to say, we had our first big holy smokes moment in Star Wars with uh, "No, I am your father." Right. Yeah. So 
that obviously Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. But um, it got me to thinking that that the reveal of Leia as Bausch uh, was another holy smokes moment, right? Oh, yeah. uh, and I started thinking about all the the there was a ton of like crazy reveals in Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. right? And that that didn't. I mean, the first one obviously was the revelation of what Jabba the Hutt looks mm-hmm. like. Okay, that was like crazy. Then Leia Bosch, and then all of a sudden you got Lando in his skiff helmet, yeah. right? Um, Where he totes the little uh, front of it and, down, and he's like, hmm, "I'm Lando." Exactly. <laughs> right. And then you have the unmasking of uh, Vader at the end. I mean, the other, the number of sort of reveals. Uh, that happened throughout Return of the Jedi was pretty high yeah. uh, uh, as, as sort of iconic moments. And I didn't really think about that until I saw this figure because this particular figure represents one of those iconic moments where here's this baddie coming in going to blow up the place with the thermal detonator mm-hmm. if, uh, 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 you know, because she wanted more money for to hand over Chewie. And then you realize, like, it's not even immediate. It's over a couple, you know, and I didn't do the math on the but over the, minutes, the next 10 yeah, minutes, you don't yeah. know who it is. And all of a sudden, it's somebody who loves you, yeah. right? And <laughs> just really cool. So, you know. Our eyesight will return in time. <laughs> no, that was really cool, man. I definitely did not see it coming the first time I saw it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Who knew? But so this figure actually represents an a extremely iconic moment in, in Star Wars history as well. So, uh yeah, so good times with that. An extremely so iconic moment about? in all history, man. I mean, if you think about it, that was a female character that, without her interaction there, nothing, it would have mm-hmm. never stepped to the next level where anybody was saved or anything. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. She was always, you know, Princess Leia, but not even Princess Leia, like General Leia. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Leia's cool, man. <laughs> she right. did a lot of things right. that you never, ever saw a girl do before her time. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So on the figure, Mike, I know we've already talked a little bit about it, but um, uh, what are uh, some of the other major variants that people might want to be interested in and might want to look out for? Well, yeah, there's a... Uh, there's a... Uh, what, what is there? Uh, Lily Letty. There's Lily Letty ones where the CO mm-hmm. will be removed. There's Palatoy ones. There's some differences in the color of their... Uh, the chest plate, uh, if you look at right. Leia Organa, that color brown is an easy way to tell. But the biggest variations mm-hmm. tend to be in the faces on this figure. Uh, the face sculpts are right. very different. I think there's, shoot, six six different face sculpts that mm-hmm. I can think of. So it's very easy to tell right. from the front. And lots of times with variants, it's not easy to tell from the front. Um, mm-hmm. She has ones with uh, a different color, that, that silver. Um the silver and the brown mm-hmm. uh, of her outfit, like the shiny, glossy right. ones, tend to be Lily Letty. But you also want to look at the COOs and see how that uh-huh. that looks. Um, on the Lily Letty, there is a Hong Kong COO, too. So it does get pretty confusing when you start collecting Leia right. Bush. But uh, she's an awesome well, figure. The no COOs would be yeah. tri-logos, and those always get confused for Lily Letty. But they're not. Right, right. You know, in, in addition to the engineering of the figure... Uh, as we got into Return of the Jedi, you started to see a lot more attention to the detail. So there's a lot of elements in the figure, from the belt to the bandolier to the, you know, uh, the, I don't, 
I wouldn't even know, like the chest plate and then the flowing arm. Yeah. So there's a lot of areas for them to, you know, as the the waves went on for them to make minor adjustments or even little uh, little changes here and there, depending right. on the factory. Well, they also so even there's a lot to pay. Like, like they did with, you know, Han Solo Hoth and stuff like that, where they have the molded mm-hmm. leg. And what I mean by molded leg is they mm-hmm. molded in the color. So there's some like layabouts right. that are molded in the tan color for their chest. And that those are right. usually the Taiwan ones and stuff like that. Like there are big mm-hmm. changes like that, but it's also not a figure that people give as much credit to. All right. You know, on Han, Han Hoth, right? Han Hoth, he has mm-hmm. molded legs or painted legs. The molded legs are sought after right. because his legs right. are molded in that, what is it? Tan plastic. So it doesn't really chip mm-hmm. off and show you the blue underneath because there is no blue. It's tan plastic. Um, right. Those ones are really sought after, but most of the figures in the line that went through transitions and were made in different factories mm-hmm. have that exact right. same kind of variation. Whether it's in a different part or not, mm-hmm. it doesn't change the fact that part of it is changed from painted to molded out of the plastic. So, right. you know, you have like right. Luke, Luke Jedi. When Luke Jedi is a Taiwan mm-hmm. Luke Jedi, he has molded plastic for the face. When he's other countries, mm-hmm. it's painted over a brown plastic that matches his hair or a blonde blondish brown right. you know it's it's very neat and those kind of variations can be found in these other figures and they mm-hmm. aren't that well mm-hmm. known yet but you know the way it is with Star Wars everything is well known eventually um, so you can really mm-hmm. get some killer deals of some really awesome variants of this figure still today I mean it's still right. what a $30 right. figure $40 figure I mean it's yeah. it's not a $300 figure and with a proprietary helmet and a proprietary stick it should be. Yeah, see, that's what's crazy is, and these are the types of like ethereal things that that uh, sometimes I can't figure yeah. out because, uh, um, you know, with so many pieces, uh, accessories that are exclusive to this figure, yep. right? It would it would stand to reason that on the collector's market now that this should be valued a little bit higher than it actually is. Right. Um, but that uh, happens with a lot I, of I things, mean, I, man. That are like you look at Prune Face or look at look at a standard Rebel Soldier. Standard Rebel Soldier has that proprietary right. uh, blaster, and nobody cares. I mean, that blaster is worth like twelve dollars right. or something, and it's like you can't get it with any other figure. Right. You want a Rebel Soldier to get all your ninety six? Mm-hmm. You need that blaster. Prune Face. Mm-hmm. Prune Face has a proprietary cape and a proprietary blaster. And only people started uh-huh. just started caring about prune face. I mean, a year ago that was a fifteen dollar figure all day long, blindfolded. Now it's like fifty, sixty bucks. Right. Which makes sense because people are like, right. I got a prune face and I can't find his cape. I can't find his blaster. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's prune face. <laughs> it's not like people bought them in the billions, man. And they, in order to make them complete, uh-huh. look at how tiny Leia's helmet is. It's a it's right. a hard enough figure right. to find parts of and to make complete and you could still buy it complete for really fair deals i think absolutely do you think maybe uh i mean obviously what drives prices is consumer demand right i mean basic economics but uh uh, uh oh man <laughs> uh do you think that uh that they produce a lot of these and there's there's more on the market than say like a uh uh, uh, um, you know, Star Wars carded Leia, 
or is it just the, is the level of interest kind of low over this? Well, I think the level of interest is a little bit low on the figure, and uh, the reason why is because Leia has three figures or four figures, mm-hmm. and as far as iconic Leia figures, it goes Princess Leia white cape, Princess Leia basketball, mm-hmm. Princess Leia Hoth, then Princess Leia this. Oh no, there's also Princess right. Leia Endor, which is Endor, right above right. this one. Do you know what I mean? So there's five. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get a Princess right. Leia, you have mm-hmm. four choices that will probably come before this one because with her helmet on, you can't tell it's Princess Leia, which is the point of the figure. Um, right. So I think that directly correlates with the prices because if you think of the price of them, the most expensive is White Cape Leia, second most expensive is mm-hmm. Bespin Leia, third most expensive Bespin. is Hoth, fourth most expensive is mm-hmm. Endor, fifth most expensive is Bausch. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is Endor shares the same blaster as ATST drivers. Right. You know what I mean? Leia, Leia Hoth and Leia Bespin both share the same blasters. Even White Cape mm-hmm. Leia has been found with blue blasters on later cards. So she can That's even right. share that blaster. I mean, mm-hmm. White Cape Leia is the one that is extremely proprietary if you want the black blaster, but also it's not a necessity because she was sold on Return of the Jedi cards with blue blasters sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it goes with right. it. That's, I don't know, man. That's why this one is mind-boggling to me because she has two accessories you can't get with anybody else at all. Well, exactly. Okay. So it also, uh, I mean, I don't know. This may just be me, but to me, it's like the coolest figure of Leia. It's like the coolest figure in the line besides Boba Fett, but Boba Fett's the best thing since sliced bread, so. (laughs) Yeah, it's just visually stunning and, uh, you know, really showed the direction that Kenner was going with with, uh, the Star Wars uh, uh, toy. So just just great. I've got a couple of them in my collection. I've got uh, two carded. Um, I'm not even going to ask uh, about uh, Andrea and what she's got going on with Leia Bausch. Oh, yeah, she's got a thing <laughs> for the Leia Bausch, man. She's got a thing for all the Leia. She's mm-hmm. got a pile of those things. Yeah. <laughs> even carded one, she really likes um, that one because she likes the way the card looks, the artwork on the card. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's got to be some focus, some Leia Bausch focus collectors out there, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah, there's tons of them, man. That's where we get all this really good information. Like as to all the different variants and stuff like that. You know what? Jason mm-hmm. Annable, who is a uh, the ICCC leadership team, he runs the store for us on site. He has a Leia mm-hmm. Bosch collection. Really? Cool. You know what? I, I, I think we should we should maybe get Jay on the uh, on the podcast here one of these times. Pretty soon. Yeah, I agree completely. Man. Uh, I'll tell he, him maybe next he'd be, time. He'd be fun to have on. Yeah, we'll, we'll hit him up and see what he has to say. That guy's got a lot of information in his head. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, he's been one of the main admins on the IC for so long, he's got plenty of fun (laughs) stories, too. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right, do we got anything else on Leia Bausch? Uh, That's about it for me, man. I mean, there was also a Model Trem one from Brazil, you know, those lead figures. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but that's about it, man. That's at least as much as I know. I'm sure there's more information. As I always say, there's nobody that knows everything, but if we all share the little bit that right. we know, then there you go. Well, any of you that have any questions about Leia Bausch or any other vintage Star Wars figure, make sure that you uh, come to the IC101 page on Facebook. URL, Mike? It's www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ICSW101. 
Yeah, and ask questions about Leah Belcher or any other figure. It's and a great place actually, to, uh, speaking of Jason Annable, he is an admin of that board. You know you're going to get a quality answer there. The news. Give me regular reports, please. Right. So, Mike, I, I, I don't get this. Why is it that uh, when we announce Ian McDermott as a guest star for ICCC, all of a sudden Hasbro starts producing figures yeah, well. <laughs> oh my god there's two things i'm super excited about coming up here which is um you know of course the uh vintage collection throne room for uh for emperor palpatine yeah. and i just saw sideshow just announce a uh, sidious mythos statue that's just freaking it phenomenal, looks really really right? cool yep palpatine isn't one who's been hugely represented uh across many of the star wars times but all of a sudden He's going to be at ICCC, and now he's getting some love. Yeah. I can't be happy. Oh, it's going to be great, man. There's going to be plenty of stuff. We'll see mm-hmm. what happened is uh, I'm sure the folks at Hasbro were watching us, and they're like, ah, oh, the coolest Star Wars convention in the world is going to have Ian McDermott. We better make them a bunch of stuff that he can sign. So I want to say a huge thank you to the fine folks at Hasbro for listening in and creating these incredible figures for us, just for us. Um, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding, but I, I, it's it's quite fortuitous, isn't it, Philip? One would yes, think it is more absolutely. than a coincidence, wouldn't one? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the, the, I've, I've always uh, gone by the notion that there is no such thing as coincidences. Um, so I don't know. We'll have to see. Anyway, Mike, there's a ton of stuff to uh, 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 talk about Lots in the news cool this stuff. time. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, yeah. So, okay, so why don't we talk to, at the beginning, we talked a little bit about IC Toys. you mind if I dive into that? Yeah, sure. Whatever you want. That's Ask cool. me anything. Because <laughs> I, I actually have some burning – I'm going back into my interview remote from back in my reporting days here. But because uh, uh, there's things I genuinely don't know. So, uh, you know, first of all uh, – what part of Nashville, what part of Tennessee is the store? It's going to be in Nashville. It's at 523 mm-hmm. East Iris Drive in Nashville, Tennessee, and mm-hmm. that's the Berry Hill area. If you're familiar with Berry what? Hill, if you're familiar with Nashville, Berry Hill is a, uh, who mm-hmm. how to say it best? It's like a frou-frou-y kind of place where people have art galleries and... I don't know, really cool places to eat where you like cook your own breakfast and it's I don't know, what would you call that? Trendy, I guess. Um like yeah. there's like murals all over the place with like uh mm-hmm. different country stars and stuff like that. It's a it's a like little artistic um it's not a strip mall or anything like that. They're all individual buildings, but they're mostly businesses. And it's like an artistic right. little corner of the world. I mean, I think there's a scuba dive shop mm-hmm. around the right down the street and we're in a landlocked state so those kind of stores it's like an art art district isn't that over near like the gaylord uh uh hotel yeah it's about yeah it's about uh 10 minutes down briley parkway on there um right from our venue where we did the iccc uh the sheridan the music city sheridan it's only about i'd say five minutes from there it's just right down That's the way. Um, it's over in Berry Hill. People from around the area would know it. It's near uh, the Hundred Oaks Mall, um, right by Melrose mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Melrose is right. just a part of Nashville. All these mm-hmm. areas, Berry Hill, Melrose, stuff like that, people from around here would know. Uh, they aren't right. on a map, so don't go type in 523 East Irish Drive, Berry Hill, Tennessee, because it might not come up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I don't know, what would you call that? 
I'm sure you have places like that around you, you know, where everybody just calls yeah, it one like thing. Arch, yeah, like an arch district or something like yeah. that. You know, they'll probably, is there there an acronym for it? Like uh, uh, BH or something like that? Because, like, we have NoHo, NoHo, there you go. SoHo. That kind of stuff. You know, all this, right? Where it's not an mm-hmm. actual place, but everybody calls it that. NoHo, LoHo, exactly. SoHo. Exactly. I don't know which one's yours. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, in Nashville, uh, it's Berry so, Hill. It's like, you remember how we used to be down in Franklin? And it was Franklin, Tennessee when right. we started off at the ICC Con. But mm-hmm. that is also mm-hmm. called Cool Springs, Tennessee. But Cool Springs, Tennessee is yes. not an actual city. It's just what everybody calls it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird here. I don't exactly. Know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like, and I'm genuinely asking this question, Mike. Yeah. I mean, because, uh, uh, you know, I haven't seen it. I haven't been there. But uh, I think it's interesting. So it looks like you chose a good location where there might be a, 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 a probably the the largest um, uh, or the best location for the potential marketplace for vintage sales out there, yeah, right? Yeah, well, one of, the, the one of the biggest things where we wanted to be somewhere where we could keep really nice things in the store and not have it robbed, mm-hmm. and most toy shops are <laughs> looking for the least cost as far as rent, Right. Um, but that mm-hmm. wasn't on our list of things we were looking for. We were looking for somewhere where right. we can have, not picking on any toy store or anything like that, but most toy stores mm-hmm. survive by the newest line of pops or the newest line of comic mm-hmm. books, and that's not what we're right. going for. Um, you're not right. going to find long boxes, but you want a graded mm-hmm. Superman number, blah, 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 the first introduction of Venom, mm-hmm. we'll have that. Right. But, those mm-hmm. kind of things, it's that different level. And in order to achieve that different level, you definitely have to pony up the dough and be in the right location. But the, also, right. we have so many people from all over the world that are mm-hmm. IC members and people that know mm-hmm. about the IC and IC Toys and ICCC um, that come to mm-hmm. Nashville for business and for this, that, and the other. Shoot, when we first met, you weren't here for anything Nashville. You were here because of something mm-hmm. you were doing for your job, right? Yeah, we were there uh, for the. Actually, it was for the Game of Thrones convention oh, right. back in 2017. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that was like one of those one of those great moments in in history of our relationship. Is I'm like, should I call the guy and yeah. see if he wants to have dinner? Boom! Believe it or not, I eat dinner every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Mike, yeah. another question here. Um, what is your uh, uh, um, stock and inventory going to look like, and where's it going to come from? Are you working on you and Andrea working on distribution agreements uh, uh, with companies like Entertainment Earth or, or, or directly, or is it going to come from the vast collection of, of Michael and Andrea Havens? Um, I actually only have one uh, Beater Lobot I'm going to put in there, and everybody's going to have to fight over mm-hmm. it. That's all we're going to have. It's one Lobot. Oh. That's. <laughs> One robot. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. I put in my bed yeah, I know. Hey, no, honestly, w- what it is is, um, we both, Andrea and I, are both collectors, but we also buy large lots and we buy large collections from people that want to get out of collecting. Um, so I have so much inventory for whatever; it's insane. I mean, I have a 400 square foot shed that is full of Star Wars stuff, but by the time this comes out, it'll all be moved over to the source, so please don't come break in my shed. Uh, (laughs) And then I have uh, my entire garage is chuck full. So no, it won't be any parts of our collection, nothing from our collections. Um, Right, right. But 
it will be and it's not just star wars stuff i mean we got magic cards we've got pokemon cards we have everything for everybody we do want to get into distributorships right. eventually and uh that's another thing mm-hmm. you know how i am philip and the reason why right. most of the things that i do start is because i feel very mm-hmm. frustrated with the way things are um for example mm-hmm. i pre-ordered the i won't mention the website but it's one of the biggest and i pre-ordered those retro mm-hmm. collection boba fett's and I pre-ordered right. them, shoot, had to be three, four months before they came out. Well, they come mm-hmm. out, I get no communication from the giant distributor. I get no communication mm-hmm. after that. I get no communication for six, seven months. I ended up getting those Retro Collection Boba Fett's two months ago. Mm-hmm. When did those come out? Right. Yeah, like... A year ago-ish? Last yeah. year, right? Yeah, a year ago. So yeah. they show up at my door when everybody doesn't want them anymore, and I have a whole bunch. And I even had like this cool rocket that this buddy of mine made that we were going to shoot one of them up because mm-hmm. I always wanted to shoot a Boba Fett, but I couldn't have the heart to do it with a real vintage one. Um, mm-hmm. So we were going to, you know, all those things, and those things were planned, and no communication, no info, and they kept my money for a year and then spit me out some overstock ones six months after they were completely right. blown out of the shelves. Um, I don't mm-hmm. like that. So why right. shouldn't we do pre-orders and stuff like that? Um, in order to be a distributor for these companies, you do need to have a store. You need to have some history and stuff like that. So day one, we will not be mm-hmm. starting off with brand new products and pre-orders of hot toys and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. But right. eventually we will. And eventually we will have right. all that stuff. And then you'll be able to go to something that says IC instead of one of the other major distributors that treat you like I don't even know, man. I mean, I gave them like 300 bucks right. on those Boba Fett's and they wouldn't even answer one of my emails. So, right, right. They just don't care and they've gotten so big and there's other companies, there's some companies that make those uh I'm trying to think of the nicest way to say it cuz I'm not trying to tick off any companies, <laughs> but we all know right, it. We're right. all collectors, we're all part of the Star Wars community and we all know darn well there is a company that makes helmets that the helmets come out mm-hmm. junky, they come out six months, eight months, two years after you're supposed to have it already, that you already paid for, mm-hmm. and they don't care, because they're the biggest manufacturer of them, and they have licensing. Right. Well, plus, especially today, there's probably all kinds of issues around supply chain stuff that we're dealing with in the COVID environment as well. I right. Mean, so you lay that on top of all the things that normally would yeah. happen, and I'm sure it's... Uh, you know, the timing is just never right these days. Right, right? but mm, there are many places that will charge you when they are able to ship you your item, not 10 months before right. and just use your money. Those are all uninsured, no interest mm-hmm. loans we are personally giving to these companies, which is ridiculous. Absolutely. So I'm assuming you're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. (laughs) But eventually, that's why. Eventually, people on the IC will be, I'll Mm -hmm. be like, all right, guys, who wants one of these? And we're going to take a, I don't know, 5% deposit from everybody or whatever. And then when we get Mm -hmm. them in, we will actually charge you for them. So that way you account for supply issues and shipping issues Mm -hmm. and time issues by not pulling the wool over people's eyes. We want to have a place. Man, I'll tell you, here's the thing. And I don't know how many people Mm -hmm. are going to connect with what I'm saying right now. And I don't want people Mm -hmm. to think that there won't be something for everybody because there will. There'll be video games and Star Wars stuff and there'll be stuff from a dollar to ten thousand dollars. The thing is, Mm -hmm. is when I, a collector that's been doing this for a long time, and I'm sure it's quite true with you as well, when I walk into a normal toy store, there is never anything at all that I might even have a possible chance of needing because I already have 30 of it. 
There's never anything right. rare. There's never anything weird. There's never anything. You know what I mean? When's the last time you saw like a Lily mm-hmm. Letty anything in a store? Ever. Right. Like never. Yeah, that's what I mean. And the reason why is because, and I understand it, but the reason why is because there is more money in pops and in comics, day of comics, and all this stuff that people pay their five ninety five or six bucks for on a regular basis that don't increase in value, that don't have a market for them, that could very well go the way of Beanie Babies. You know what I mean? They're not established. Right. And the thing is, is for somebody who's really into vintage stuff or really into, oh, I need XYZ number for my Black Series run, or, oh, I want a Charizard mm-hmm. 9.8, you know? Like, right. there's nowhere to go for that except for eBay and then it's a mm-hmm. crapshoot and you don't even get to touch it before you're dropping tons of money. Right. So exactly. Dude, by the way, are you sure you want to get into the business of Pokemon cards? Yes, because people <laughs> like them, man. I have no idea what they are, but that's one of the major reasons why I'm sticking to graded so I don't have to learn. Exactly. But no, well, I want to have, I want to have stuff for everybody. You know, I don't want to yeah. exclude anybody. Exactly. But, you know, when, as soon as you get stuck, you might as well call Nat or get some security down there to prevent the fist fights over that. Stuff. <laughs> That's all right. We live in a <laughs> we live in a uh, we live in Tennessee and Andrea is uh, well armed, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. All right. Hey, uh, I have one more thing I've been interested in. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been able to talk to you because you've been so flipping busy. I know, with this right? Thing. Man, but uh, I've been building stuff. Uh, I finally got the HVAC. The HVAC is working, Philip. That was a big thing. Because I'll tell you what, nice. man, when you're when you're cleaning shelves and it's eighty degrees in there, it is not a fun day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so other question, and I'm sure a lot of people want to know yeah. this: um, Is there going to be an e-commerce aspect to IC Toys Nashville? A website or a, a point of purchase, or is there going to be more of an interplay between IC Toys Nashville and uh, the Imperial Commissary uh, community of, of sites? I think there. How's the online component going to work? I think there will be a lot of uh, interaction because it's all the same thing. I mean, brought to you by the same mm-hmm. people that bring you the con and bring you IC and all this, right. and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's going to be separate but also together. Um, I mean, if we're going to sell something Mm -hmm. vintage, why would you ever post it on a website instead of just going to the Imperial Commissary where literally everybody that collects vintage is already? If it's going to be something modern, maybe I see too. But also, you'll see, you know, Andrea, she was talking to me about it the other day. She had a really good idea. And I was like, well, you know, you're going to do live sales from the store. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Like, how how are you going to do it? And she was like, well, what I was thinking is going live, like, earlier in the day or the day before and going, all right, we're going to pick out 15 items for the live sale and just walk around the store and mm-hmm. people go, that one and that one. And then she just right. pulls those and does a live video there. And that kind of stuff mm-hmm. might be on the Facebook pages and stuff like that for IC Toys, mm-hmm. which you can definitely check out right. uh, www.facebook.com forward slash IC Toys Nashville. Um, also, there is a website ictoysnashville.com um it's live Mm -hmm. now you can check it out and has andrea's reasons for wanting to do this and stuff like that has some backlinks to the ic and to the Mm -hmm. iccc so you can look into those as well um but as Mm -hmm. far as okay i don't feel there is any point to list items and this may change so i'm not trying to say it'll never Mm -hmm. happen but i don't find there's a point to list items on a separate website when 
do you know what I mean? When you can list them on Facebook, when you can Correct. list them on the the group page for the actual store on Facebook, when you can, I mean, just to put them on a separate website just for the toy store, you end up having a lot mm-hmm. of inventory you're just deleting. Because if you remember, I used right. to have Music City Havens, uh, and I still do. Mm-hmm. If you go to www.musiccityhavens.com, um, that's mm-hmm. for the stuff that I was doing with Vintage, and I have listed hundreds and hundreds of items on there and i think i've sold one or two mm-hmm. and the only time you sell them is three years down the line once you forget to update the actual you know the new price and somebody's like oh that's right. half price i'll take it and then you get to buy it now mm-hmm. in your cart and i forgot about it the price is completely different mm-hmm. and uh right so i don't know it i haven't Maybe I don't understand how commerce works properly on websites, but I don't mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. if for these type of items it's perfect. Will the website now? We were talking before. What happens when we get distributorships from Hot Toys or Tops mm-hmm. or Panini or right. Hasbro? Then, yeah, of course, man. Pre-sales and stuff, all that cool stuff will be on the website. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as listing right. individual items for sale, it just takes so much work. you got to take five, six pictures. Then you got to upload each of those pictures to the website. Then you got to write a right. description. Then you got to put it into your mm-hmm. commerce section. And then it's live for nobody to look at except for the 500 mm-hmm. people that go to your website to find out what your address is that day. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, you need a whole... Uh, product inventory control fulfillment right. system and all those types of things. If as well. if we didn't but, have such a massive network with the twenty eight Imperial Commissary mm-hmm. groups, sure. But I mean, that's right. why this is different than any regular toy store too. We have a pretty massive network to draw from. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if anybody uh, asks what you guys have in stock, or if you have something in stock, you'll be able to tell them pretty instantly. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But also, you know, people say, oh, man, I'm looking for X, Y, Z, like something really rare. And Mm -hmm. the networks that we have, I mean, I have so many friends that have massive collections that maybe are looking to move whatever that is at whatever time. Mm -hmm. And I'm always willing to connect to people that want to make a deal, even if I have nothing to do with it. Exactly. Right. All kinds of interesting things. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And I actually got a list of stuff, man. That uh, I'm going to be looking for on day one. We'll have to nice. see if uh, if if Andrea can uh, can. Oh, was moving on to more news, dude. <laughs> um, and it might not be uh, uh, brand new news, but there's a new couple of waves of, of the vintage collections that are just knocking my socks oh, off, yeah? man. Um, yeah, the uh, uh, and I think some of them are tied to the 50th. Uh, uh, anniversary of lucasfilm's founding Oof, this year how many how many yeah how how many milestones can hasbro market the crap oh, how many milestones can mark <laughs> you know can hasbro market right yeah. <laughs> uh, to sell figures but uh, the answer is start, all of them <laughs> all of them yes Funny, about six months ago, one of my brothers said, "Dude, I just got the 50th anniversary uh, Greedo." Yeah. And I'm like, "50th anniversary of uh, what? What?" <laughs> well, it was when George Lucas know, so. got his driver's license. Oh well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's a, 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 some vintage collective releases: the Death Star droid, Endor Luke, um, a Tuscan Raider, Lobot. I'm interested uh, to see how that Death Star Den- droid comes out. Because it's a tough one. Yeah, dude, I actually saw, I actually saw one. Yeah. Uh, at, there's a uh, 
there's a, a, a toy show, a weekly toy show that's been going on in Southern California for decades. It's called Frankenstein, okay. right? I think and, I've heard of that. And uh, yeah. my brother Chad, who, yeah, my brother Chad lives about five minutes from there. You know, you, all of you guys have seen Chad at ICCC. He's been one of our greatest helpers. Uh, but uh, uh, I was with him a couple weeks ago and laid eyes on the Death Star droid. And I was, I was impressed at how close it was. I mean, it was obviously new, new paint job, you know, new, more crisp lines, but it was very, very close to the, to the vintage Death Star droid, right? It looks really super cool. Mm. Now, they wanted 50 bucks for it because I'm sure that someone was camping out at Target and bought all of them and sent them, took them over to Frankenstein's, right? right? Um, it was just outstanding. Uh, That's cool. So I wasn't going to pay 50 bucks for it. So maybe... I don't know. Maybe IC Toys National will have one in stock for a more reasonable price. <laughs> maybe, man. Maybe. I don't know about day one. I mean, we really are. Because see, the thing is, man, is I'm not trying to, I don't know, buy a scalped item and then rescalp it. That's not what's going on. Right. You know, once we get mm-hmm. onto distributors, sure, dude, you'll find them there and they'll be, mm-hmm. you know, retail price. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well. You do realize that you do have some competition coming up too, right? Oh, I don't know who's that. There, there was some breaking news that uh, uh, the past couple of days that uh, Toys R Us is coming back. Are they? That's and awesome. they're going to have, yeah, they're they're going to have uh, 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 sections uh, inside Macy's stores. Um, hmm. So. We'll have to see how that. Uh, maybe it's not. Hey man, I I would be very excited for Toys R Us to come back, but uh, I don't know. That's yeah. <laughs> not to be that guy, but uh, yeah. Who knows what that's going to look like? And I'm not. How many sure bases are left, what, man? Right? Six. When's the last time you've been in a uh, Macy's? That's, <laughs> that's the thing. Is like the one in my town closed down. Yeah. Like. Three years ago, and <laughs> yeah, I use Macy's once a year to buy online stuff for Andrea because it's like, oh, she's gonna need a coat, she's gonna need this, gonna need that mm-hmm. for Christmas, you know. But uh, right, I don't right, recall right. the last time I was in a human Macy's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long, yeah. it's been a long time. Cool. Well, that's cool, man. I mean, hey, anyway. dude, I am all about it. I would love another place to find toys because all I do is walk in different places and see pegs. Right. No, exactly. And I'm sorry, I mean, nobody's distribution process is that bad, dude. I'm sorry. I have, uh, you well, know, I got a trucking company, too. And yes, there are delays, mm-hmm. but there's a difference between a delay and ordering a third of the quantity you need in order to drive up the secondary market prices. Shh, don't tell anybody I just right. said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, yeah, so very much looking forward to it. And, and uh, you know, I, I mentioned the competition with uh, uh, with uh, a smirk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although uh, I certainly would love to see the the, the yeah. Toys no, I want Toys R Us back, man. I would literally find a Macy's if Toys R Us came back. I'll find one. Exactly. There's got to be one within a couple hundred miles. <laughs> yep. Yep. But dude, no, that is exciting news. You know what uh, else is exciting news? Uh, Obi Wan is all done filming. So Kenobi is done filming right now. So they are uh, done with that, and they're going to use the stage to start taping season three of Mando because we're taking a year off from Mando, which Mm -hmm. is a tragedy, but... Well, at least... uh, Oh, man. 
moving into this era of Star Wars storytelling is is so freaking exciting, yeah. right? And there's uh, that new anime you know, I, I one was, too. Yeah. Yeah, Star Wars Visions. Yeah. Um, uh, what's your take on that? I mean, I saw the trailers. It looks great. Um, well, I'll tell you it what. Looks as like a it's be- guy that throws a sci-fi convention that is always looking to check off more demographics for a sci-fi convention, like, I mean, I even have mm-hmm. somebody looking into some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff because we don't check that box well enough yet um, mm-hmm. so we can have more stuff like that. And, yeah, I completely agree. It's... Uh, Right. It's it's a natural progression of things. It needs to be done. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Yes. You know, and frankly, uh, you know, there's a show that uh, uh, the Star Wars, the Res- Resistance, mm-hmm. right? The uh, uh, the animated series that took place during the the Force Awakens time mm-hmm. frame, right? Um, that one kind of came and went and disappeared. And I'm hoping that this, you know, relative to to storytelling beyond. The original trilogy or of the characters that we know i hope this this actually uh takes root a little bit better than resistance resistance show was really pretty good but i felt like it was another one of the early disney experiments well, see, right? with the resistance um, it was very very geared towards little kids little little kids mm-hmm. and you have to have both right. ends of that aspect because the great thing about star wars is moms and dads watching mm-hmm. it with their kids you know it's that family element and resistance was kind of like pulling Mm -hmm. teeth i mean i watched resistance um i didn't think it was terrible Mm -hmm. but it was definitely like i don't know it's the difference between dora the explorer and spongebob you know what i mean dora the explorer is only for Mm -hmm. kids if you're sitting there and she's like this is a map and this is how to say map it's Mm -hmm. like ah you know what i mean and that i felt was very much like the resistance whereas spongebob would like throw in a little you know, Mr. Crab, you're crabby or what? It's more of that, mm-hmm. you know, not adult humor, but things that adults can also laugh at. Right. Um, so I thought that was right. missing in Resistance, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't think it was a bad show, but also it wasn't true anime. That's something that they did here. Um, right. There's a massive right. anime following in this world. It's massive. And they will sniff out fake anime faster than we will sniff out Repro. And Resistance, even Clone Wars, the original Clone Wars was fake anime. It's not that really tough graphic novel, epic anime, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're talking about the theatrical, like two hour release. Right. You remember when the animation was very like Johnny Bravo? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh I feel they were trying to dip their toe in speed race. Exactly. I think they were trying to dip their toe in that mm-hmm. water, but also be super duper safe like Disney is. What they did is they kind of threw caution to the mm-hmm. wind and they went and got major actual anime animators and designers and blah, 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 right. from all over the world. And they put them together onto this one mm-hmm. thing to make an actual anime Star Wars. And even though anime is not my particular brand of anything, I mean, I, I'm I'm not a fan or not mm-hmm. a not not a fan. You know what I mean? It's like kung fu movies. I right. appreciate them. I think they're really cool. Mm-hmm. But I don't like sit down for kung fu weekend every Sunday. You know? Um, right. I think it's awesome. I, and that's what I was saying for somebody like me who's trying to you know get more ninja turtle people i think it's such a smart play for disney Mm because you're checking off an entire box you don't touch there's no pixar anime there's no dreamworks anime i mean it's a genius idea if it works you're i mean think of the Mm -hmm. size of that demographic if you ever see what's trending on twitter i mean it's 
you know, there's always anime stuff. Or something. There's so many people that are not in America, even though there's a lot of Americans that are into it also. But there's so many people that are not in America that it doesn't have um, a direct translation for a lot of the Star Wars stuff because it's not what they're into. And I think that's cool, man. Exactly. Remember way back in the day when they started coming out with, like, techno music that has Star Wars songs in it? That was a really neat crossover. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not like those kind of people were ever going to be, like, I don't know, you know? But it fit, and it makes people connected. So yeah. people that are into Star Wars can exactly. get into that song, and people that are into that song mm-hmm. can get into Star Wars. And I like that about this, because right. it's not going to be Ghost in the Shell level anime. It's not. Mm-hmm. But it's right. going to be exactly and good enough that me as somebody who is not an anime nerd can watch it and enjoy it and someone that is an anime nerd will go holy moly look at how unbelievably great the graphics are and the story is and the you know what i mean because they're not spared no expense forget about it disney is throwing a bucket of cash behind it and it looks good well exactly and i think they've they've got the formula right now i mean if you look at all the ways they tell stories you know um, they've got something for everybody. I mean, between feature films, mm-hmm. between books, between the different levels of, you know, the live action, long form TV yeah. shows, and then multiple, multiple methods of animation. I mean, even, uh, uh, uh you know, the Clone Wars is different from yeah. Rebels, is different from the Bad the Batch, style of animation is, different is very from different in all those. Yeah. The, st- the style of animation, right? Uh, Visions is going to add a new dimension to that. Um, and, uh, even like, uh, you know, they still, I'm not sure if they're still doing it, but the, the, uh, the Lego yeah. star Wars, Lego the whole different uh, animation. Yeah. I mean, right, right, right. I like um, those movies, man, so those Lego movies fig- and stuff. I really enjoy them. Did you see when they did the they're Christmas hilarious. short? You did you what? watch that? The star Wars Christmas short? Oh, yes, that was great, I did. man. I did. That was great. <laughs> that was great. But I, I've discovered uh, this is a little uh, little uh, uh, segue here, but um, the only way to really get my seven year old son into Star Wars is watching things like the, the Lego yeah. stuff, like that, right? Uh, you know, when he was when he was just born, we did it was Star Wars yeah. everything, right? Uh, because that's what we wanted. But now he wants like Spider Man yeah. and you know YouTuber merch and all this other stuff, you know, kind of things like that. And it's like, well, what about what about Star mm-hmm. Wars, bud? Don't you want to watch mm-hmm. this? <laughs> so, but there's, I was able to get him to bite on the, the, yeah. the Lego Star Wars animation. That's so, my sister's kids anyway. are very much so, like that. Everybody. I mean, they didn't like Star Wars really. They haven't really connected with it like that. But I'll tell you that Star Wars Lego, they go through it like crazy. But anyway, when it comes to, to storytelling from Disney, I really think that they're starting to get in their groove here because even in the animated stuff, they're telling stories in ways that continue to engage uh, uh, fans at all levels. I mean, I mean, honestly, dude, the demographic for the the, the core Star Wars fan is thirty five to fifty, yep. right? Um, and so, and you got to write stories that that are going to appeal to to that market because everything else trickles down mm-hmm. from there. Um, and that's why, dude. Speaking of that, uh, Bad mm. Batch, man. You catch, you catch the I season did. finale a couple weeks ago? I did. You did. Fish and fern Holy opinion. Holy smokes. <laughs> uh, well, okay, okay. Well, go, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you go for mine it. first, right? And I'll say, hey, that's a good okay. opinion. I agree so, with that. 
it had its ups and downs, mm-hmm. right? Um, there could have been a lot more going on with character development. There, there was some crazy stuff, but the impact it had on the overall, you know, Star Wars storyline was pretty dramatic. I mean, what do you think? Is it okay? Spoiler? Are we spoiler cool here? Yeah, here, now, ready? Mike? If you haven't seen Bad Batch at all, shut this off for the next five minutes. If you have, then listen up. Okay. There you go. You're good. Go nuts. There you go. <laughs> right. uh, the the destruction mm-hmm. of Camino, right? And oh, I didn't know you were going to say that. Around... Man, that's a big spoiler. No, I'm just... <laughs> 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 well, you know... Uh, the the whole aspect of retconning Star Wars stories and adding context and dimension to it, they screwed that up a lot in the past, but they're doing a much better job at it now. And you can start to see threads of how the various storylines from The Mandalorian, from uh, uh, potentially what's going to happen with mm-hmm. Book of Boba Fett, Rebels, and all these things are, are going to start to tie together. And I don't know before, Mike, but here's the thing. Here's my ultimate mm. end game with all this. First of all, I love everything Star Wars, and Agreed. I love the Bad Batch. And I, and I got chills at the end of the Bad Batch in the same way I did in those last four episodes of the Clone mm-hmm. Wars, right? Um, because, uh, 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 but uh, uh, the prequels started off without a really great response. Mm-hmm. The sequel trilogy has started off with not a great response but Mm. i gotta say over the years and and all the associated content around the prequels like the clone wars and particularly a book by uh uh, james lucino plagius added context to the prequel trilogy that that really elevated its importance and its gravitas yeah. with someone like me right? i i also and make i can that see the same, same argument for a lot of the books that have come out man darth bane series and stuff like that yes 100 oh, yeah. yeah and now that we you know we have uh again i love everything star wars i'm not knocking anything but now that there, there are similar reactions to the sequel trilogy right and all the things that happened there, but we're starting to see threads, man, of mm-hmm. stories that's going to create a lot of new relevance for the sequel trilogy, oh, yeah. right? Um, because ultimately, I think that's where a lot of these this new content development through Disney Plus, between you know uh, Kenobi, Book of Boba Fett, Bad Batch, you know Caminos, cloning, uh, Snoke, mm-hmm. uh, the Emperor, all those those storylines where there's these huge, massive holes. You know, in that storytelling, that uh, is going to lead to a new appreciation, in my opinion, of the sequel trilogy five years down the mm-hmm. line, right? Kind of a thing. So uh, ultimately, uh, the Bad Batch was the first new series, you know, post Mandalorian series that I got that kind of feeling about mm-hmm. uh, relative to its importance in the Star Wars, the structure of the Star Wars universe. And so for that reason, it gets two thumbs up from me. Um, uh, now, the story's had its problems, and there were some things that you know, I think could have been better or worse, whatever. It's not worth pointing out, but it uh, wasn't perfect, but I think it was an absolute something to celebrate. I think it is great so, um, the way they do fill in stuff like that. I, I agree. Um, as far as yeah. the history of it, I think it's great. I think that this is more of a connection type thing till next season of the Bad Batch. 
Um, so not all the cool stuff has happened yet. Um, it wouldn't have killed them to have Grand Admiral Thrawn walk out for half a second at the end of the episode or whatever. You know, that I would have been like, whoa, you needed that. Whoa. And I'm sorry, but I didn't get the whoa from Crosshair, you know, shooting the thing into the thing. And it was like, dude, why was Omega all right. alone in his own pod? What was that about? You know, like, why? And yeah, you got exactly. like Crusher and the other dude all jammed into one pod, and you got little tiny Omega in his own pod uh-huh. or her own pod. It just, it didn't yeah. make sense to me. But right. stuff like that, you know, you can't nitpick that kind of stuff, and I understand that. Um, one other problem I had, and I, you know me, I'm more than willing to mention problems, but the reason why is because I loved these things mm-hmm. so much that all it takes, and I, I always mm-hmm. preach this, man, I feel if they would just get a Star Wars fan that's not connected or five of them, or ten of them, and just show them this mm-hmm. early, we'd right. be able to give two seconds of feedback that would clean up all these tiny little holes. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because you right. might be Dave Filoni, who is the king of the nerds, you know, for sure. He's awesome. He is next level. He knows his stuff. He is a huge fan of the franchise, which is extremely important. But mm-hmm. not everybody can see everything. You know what I mean? And right. I don't know, like, Mm-hmm. I don't know. For example, I'm going to give two examples, and these are simple, and they're tiny little things, and they don't matter. But it's like a cold bucket mm-hmm. of water in the middle of something. I didn't like the way in the Last Jedi mm-hmm. all the uh, the the bombs fell with gravity. It just made no sense because there's no mm-hmm. gravity in space. Right. You know that. <laughs> I didn't like the way in the Bad Batch right. the way that Crosshair was able to shoot his magnet string blaster gun. 500 feet through water. I mean, I've seen Mythbusters, even bullets don't go through water. So that kind of stuff really throws that cold bucket of water on me and takes me out of it. For example, the Clone Wars, phenomenal. Phenomenal. But the last episode of the Clone Wars, Ahsoka and Darth Maul are fighting on top of that thing, right? Ahsoka does a double black Mm -hmm. flip over Darth Maul or something, and he's literally standing mm-hmm. on only a piece of metal that is only connected on the side that she's on. Now, I have seen way too much Bugs Bunny not to know that you just cut the limb of the tree right in front of you. <laughs> Those mm-hmm. kind of little things, which are nothing, yeah. and I want this to be completely clear. I am so happy they're making this stuff, mm-hmm. and I love it. And those little tiny mm-hmm. things, which are nothing except tiny little, you just missed it. They really, for somebody right. like me, it really throws that bucket of cold water on me and takes me out of Camino mm-hmm. and puts me into, why are right. you such a massive company that has such an awesome franchise that you do such an awesome job with and put in so much awesome work, mm-hmm. but you refuse to show five people a week before so you can fix little tiny mm-hmm. things that are just completely out there? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, dude, did I love it? Yes, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I thought... That that first mm-hmm. episode where it was just like you fell into an episode of Call of Duty with stormtroopers was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like some right. of the. Well, this situation only happened. Do you remember when like they did that thing with Ahsoka with the spice runners and all this stuff, and then she like lost their spice and yeah, she yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, but don't no, pay no, attention no. to that. Give us the money anyway. Like. Right, the Martez. Yeah, thing, it, right. I mean, that's not. Mm-hmm. I don't care if she's a jedi or a gray jedi or not a jedi or whatever it doesn't seem to me ever before that point that ahsoka has that shriek in her where she would literally right mule drugs and then (laughs) trick people into paying her for them when she threw them out 
Uh, well, what was that, dude? You know, I don't know. Yeah, you know, well, I don't know. We we know physics doesn't exist in Star Wars, right? Which answers a lot of the, uh, the, the questions. But also, like, does uh, you know human nature and human attributes come into play? I mean, I don't have an answer for you except to say that generally, someone who is bitten on one side, whether it's good or bad, when they when they are ejected from that or leave that, often start focusing on. Uh, 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 behaviors that are opposite of what they were just going right. by, right? So, I mean, that's the only way I could, I could potentially explain that, but um, good But point. no, I, yeah, <laughs> believe me, I don't want it ever to be taken the wrong way. I am so happy they're making new stuff, and I don't mean to pick at all. I'm just trying to say with the little right. tiny voice that I have, Lucasfilm, Disney, mm-hmm. everybody, just take a batch of like five nerds that are not getting paid for it, mm-hmm. that are not involved with it, that are not standing to win or lose from it, that'll just be honest. Do a blind study. Mm-hmm. Put them in a room with a two-way mirror and put Filoni on the other side. Whatever you got to do. But my mm-hmm. biggest bummer about all of the new... You know how you said, well, mm-hmm. some of the original prequels weren't this, and some of the new ones, they haven't really caught the steam yet. Mm-hmm. My biggest bummer mm-hmm. about the star wars franchise you can't ask everybody for their opinion you can't make everybody happy and i get that but there are no. certain things mm-hmm. in even the prequel and even dude you can't tell me that nobody knew that when anakin is floating the pair across the table and cutting it up that nobody could have stepped mm-hmm. up and said hey dude that's kind of weird you shouldn't put that part in you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, exactly. That was uh, that <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah, but the creepy. thing is, it, it, little things like that, man, and it happened all the way back in George Lucas's days. And I love the original trilogy more than anything, so I'll prove it right here. But that guy, I mentioned it on Rebel Force Radio. They said, "Who do you don't you like in the original series?" I say, "The guy that says two fighters against a star destroyer," because it drives me nuts. I mean, he's mm-hmm. like some low-ranking rebel pilot, and he's literally talking to a princess mm-hmm. like being like what what do you mean you know and, and you don't do that and that right, just requires right. somebody to speak up and say hey listen george i know that guy is like your eighth cousin and you really want to put him in the movie but can you put mm-hmm. him in the cantina instead of this scene because it's ridiculous and it's little things like that yeah, that are to me which i'm not involved in it so i don't know but they seem to be such easy fixes and mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd be more than happy to have the job. I watch all Star Wars media anyways numerous times. (laughs) Feel free to send me Mm -hmm. an advanced copy. I will not share it with anybody, and I promise you I can make you one or two little suggestions (laughs) that you could take or not take that would literally take away 99.9% of the grief that some of these fans give you. And Mm -hmm. it's it's just little things, you know? It is little things. (laughs) Well, sometimes little mistakes, Mike, are, are things that actually work in their favor because they get to retcon yeah, them later that's and true. fix them. Well, look right? at what they did with so, Luke I don't know. We'll, at the we'll, end we'll of The Mandalorian, which was here. You want to oh, talk yeah. about something awesome that Disney does that I absolutely mm-hmm. love? All right, they put out The Mandalorian, right? And that last episode of The Mandalorian, Luke gets off his X-Wing and walks into the thing, right? Even though we were all like, oh, that's awesome, that's so cool, that's blah, 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 right? We we all loved it because it was Luke coming back and blah, blah, blah. But he still looked like very CGE and weird. Now, the thing is, is there was some mm-hmm. guy out there that's a digital animator or something that was like, well, I don't like this. Yes. I love Luke Skywalker and blah, blah, blah. So I'm just going to fix it and just throw it on YouTube. So he fixed it, throws it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. They ended up giving him a job and saying, 
Yeah, they, they, they hired, hired him, yeah. and then they re-edited in that mm-hmm. section of Mandalorian, so now it looks good. Go back and watch it on Disney+. Mm-hmm. Plus. It's completely different than we saw that first night. That is phenomenal. That's crazy. And if they crazy. keep doing that, that's the first yeah, time yeah. I ever heard of Disney actually mm-hmm. taking somebody mm-hmm. who was like, hey, listen, it's just not right. Here is better. And then being like, well, you know mm-hmm. what? You're right. This is better. Let's take you right. on, give you a job, and then you get to design Luke from now on. You know, that's awesome, man. That's the mm-hmm. way it should be. And oh, I am yeah. so proud uh, of them for taking that step because I don't know any other major corporation that does that at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe we're potentially entering an era of crowdsourcing Star Wars storytelling. Which you know what I mean? Would be Who an knows? Amazing thing. And the only that reason why be is because and speak- nobody nerds as hard as us. You know, <laughs> dude, what are we doing? We're sitting here talking about for an hour and a half into talking yes, about there's Star absolutely Wars, no value in this right? whatsoever. It's a total waste of time. But I love talking with my friends about Star Wars. So why not tape it? Right. Uh-huh. Huh. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and speaking of that last scene yep. of the Mandalorian season two, have you seen the new hot toys? Luke and Grogu? Yes, I have. it actually looks very, very good. Um, the only reason why I didn't get it. Is it seems pretty big, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know me, man. I have like no space. Like yeah, know. exactly. Well, it's funny. I was I was gonna mention that the Hot Toys Luke and Grogu looks actually better than the CG uh, in uh, in the Mandalorian. Go rewatch but, uh... it. Go rewatch it, man. Have you seen it since yeah. you redid it? It's dude, check it uh, out. I have it's not. right on Disney Plus. They didn't even tell anybody about it. They just recut it in. It looks good. Mike, you mentioned a couple minutes ago something that I wanted to bring up to kind of maybe even wrap up the news here. You were talking about Rebel Force Radio. I thought it was a great appearance. I listened to the show. It was wonderful. I mean, I've been listening to Rebel Force Radio for years now. Uh, tell me about how that came to be and, and, and what your experience yeah, was well, with that. Um, Jimmy Mack reached out to me after uh, he heard something I was doing. I don't remember what it was, but it was one interview or something where I was talking about how ICCCon is the opposite of corporate conventions and how we try to keep the cost low for everybody and figure out ways to make people not have to stand in line and waste their ticket for a day and stuff like that and uh he ended up reaching out to me and all of a sudden he was like hey i'm jimmy mack from rebel force radio i don't know if you know what our thing is and i'm like yeah dude of course i know who you are man and he was like man is this really the way it is i'm like yeah He's like, do you think maybe we could sign up mm-hmm. to do a podcast? And uh, he's like, well, we'll tell you the truth. Um, what's going on is, and you can hear this in the podcast too, He's, uh, they're a little bit tired of the way things have become so very corporate at a lot of conventions. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, well, you know, maybe we could talk. Maybe we could do an interview. Maybe we could come set up at the show and do a live uh, podcast from your show. And I was like, of course, we can do you one better. We have the podcast stage. It's run by uh, the Eclectic Collective podcast, and they'll take care of you. And Jim Mormon's a great dude, and we set up a stage there, and people go live and do their podcasts mm-hmm. all day and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, that's so awesome. We'd be so excited to do that and stuff like that. So he asked me if I could come on and just talk a little bit about how I started doing a convention. Um, So I'm sure the Mm -hmm. listeners here know that. I mean, with the whole story of how I was at a very expensive convention and the food was overpriced and I was frustrated and I said I could do this better. And then a bunch of crazy people like you came on and helped me. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, And I'm still... You. <laughs> yeah that's right yeah <laughs> but um that's that's all it was man they uh 
they really like the way we are going without that corporate feel, and they've started to hear about us from everybody because we've gotten a much bigger name, man. It's completely different than it was. Um, right. Everybody reaches out. Everybody wants to do stuff. Um, you know, I, I can't really tell um, everybody the things that are in the works currently because that's just not the way this works, mm-hmm. you know. Um, exactly. But it is amazing the kind of phone calls and meetings I've been having and the kind of level of even sponsorships that are talking to us now is crazy. Um, And the reason why is because we have something extremely viable. I have been offered a ton of money for ICCCon. I have Mm -hmm. totally turned it down stone cold Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, I mean, that's not what this is about. And it's really starting to make people's minds boggle because everybody always says that. You know what I mean? Until, you know... Until Ace of Base starts singing I Saw the Sign, everybody says they're not right. going to sell out. So mm-hmm. now that they're starting to see it, I think it's really, they're like, oh, well, you know, what are we going to do? So mm-hmm. it, it's it's become really cool, and people are starting to see that not only do we say we aren't corporate, that we're run by the fans, that we care that a family of four can come afford to see the Emperor. Um, mm-hmm. They can see it now, Philip. I mean, no matter right. what way you cut it, since 2018, we have been proving that it can be done. It can be cost-effective for families. It can be cost-effective for people. You can have good guest stars that actually care that you are there to meet them. You can have Absolutely. good quality vendors. You can have no reproductions, no fakes. You can mm-hmm. have these things. Right. Even though these things cost money and make it more difficult and definitely chop apart the bottom line, because I know you're always telling me to spend less. <laughs> exactly. But they, they definitely... you know, they, spend less. Exactly. Exactly. They they chop apart that bottom line, but man, you know how it is. This is a passion thing for all of us. We don't care that it chops apart the bottom line. We just want it to be a good show, a great show, where you have more connection with your community than anywhere else in the world, with better vintage toys than anywhere else in the world and that's exactly the product that we're bringing to people at a cost that is ridiculously cheap you can literally have an entire day well noon till whenever or two till whenever i don't know what the hours are yet um they're on the website so you can check it there i just don't remember been doing hours all week i gotta actually do an hours thing for this toy store too so i've got hours all over the place I know. but on uh mm-hmm. on friday you can actually come and meet and hang out with ian mcdermott and all the other guest stars with only a maximum of 350 VIP in there. A maximum. That's it. if every mm-hmm. VIP ticket sells out. And right. they're only 500 bucks a piece. I mean, you go to any other toy show on the planet, that's going to be, what, $1,500 ticket? You see them all the time. Go look at any other toy show. Go look at what right. that VIP package is. And go check if yep. they feed you for that $1,500. They don't. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Right. So... People are now seeing that year after year, we are able to produce not only a top quality show where the vendors absolutely crush it. I mean, how many times have you been told that these vendors make more, just as much, if not more, than they do at the major giant corporate convention? But our tables Mm -hmm. are what, Philip? What are our tables? 600 bucks? Yeah, Yeah. somewhere around there. Instead of $1,200 a day for three days? So you're walking out of there mm-hmm. spending thirty six hundred dollars for a table. You right. know what and I most mean? Vendors pay, most vendors pay for the table within an hour or two. Within right? an hour or two. Shoot, man! Within mm-hmm. an hour, that one guy sold that what vinyl Cape Jawa mint on car for eighteen grand. He paid for his next three months. Exactly. You know. Exactly. <laughs> In yeah. the first hour. So. 
Right. That kind of stuff has really, and that creeps out too, man, because one vendor tells their other well, vendor, hey, man, real collectors right. come to this. They're willing to spend money. Bring the good stuff. There's not too many shows you know, where 20 grand cash is walking around in the first hour to get blown on a Jawa. Right, exactly. You know, Mike, you know, we live in an era when basically like five companies own everything, everything. like 90% of what we consume, right? Yes. Kind of a thing. And, you know, there is definitely, you know, people really want that homegrown grassroots. You know, that is something that's disappeared from almost everything that we do. But I'll and tell you, man, an organic vegetable usually costs mm-hmm. you more than a mass-produced chemical vegetable. <laughs> but we're the deal. <laughs> exactly. No. So, yeah, I mean, you know, what we're doing has so much value in, in, in so many dimensions. But, you know, your appearance on Rebel Force Radio, man, it, it, it's a, a really good indicator. I mean, that the larger Star Wars and slash sci-fi community is really beyond collectors, beyond, you know, sort of the initial focus, is starting to take notice of what's happening here and are intrigued and want to come test the waters. And you know what? We What do we know? We know that they're going to walk away with, like, an amazing experience, right? So uh, it's a really, really good sign. Well, it's a great sign, man, because the thing is, is when you start seeing people that are... They collect, you know what I mean? But not... They're not... Like, collectors is not what identifies their uh, Star Wars life. You know what I mean? They're no, more into the current news. The what's going exactly. They are not... I, I guess if you were like, oh, what's your favorite part about, part about Star Wars? I doubt they would be like, collecting vintage figures like us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. So for it to start branching out into those other types of things, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Especially something like Rebel Force Radio, where it is... I mean the creme de la creme of Star Wars podcasts. I mean, across mm-hmm. the board, yep. across the board, it's got nothing to do with collecting vintage or collecting modern or collecting even at all. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. so cool. And for them to be so on board with it and for the things, I strongly encourage all of our listeners to go over and listen to that podcast because I I stick away from saying certain things on the nose. Like, I'm always careful Mm -hmm. to not pick on anybody or not even pick on anybody. I don't mean that. That's the wrong thing to say. But I'm always careful to not um, point direct fingers. I'll always say a corporate convention or I'll always say this. And they are very clear, more clear than I've ever heard um, for somebody speaking about things that they really don't like about the way these corporate conventions have gone and uh mm-hmm. we're not stealing anybody from anybody but it is sure reassuring and sure nice to know that people notice because them on their own accord said we like what you're doing better than the way it's being done and we feel that mm-hmm. our community has lost something that was our lifeblood because it has turned into a mm-hmm. tv commercial and mm-hmm we really like what you're doing because it seems like you're not doing the TV commercial. And I said, yeah, that's darn right, brother. I mean, you know, (laughs) you ain't never Mm going to see a Wilson football with Chewbacca's face on it in an ICCC. I'll tell you that much. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Or the main stage brought to you by Geico. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, crazy, man. I mean, Uh, I, I, I keep thinking about this because he's one of my favorite characters, but you know, I'm looking forward to 
you know, ICCC 2022 and potentially having a drink with Ian McDermott at the freaking Sheraton Music City Hotel Bar, right? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's things like that are still possible with the way we're doing things. And uh, Dude, uh, do you yeah, know what's so crazy? All right. I'm a Star Wars nerd, right, from forever ago? Right. And I like Star Wars mm-hmm. stuff. All right. Heir to the Empire, I find, is the best Star Wars trilogy in the history of the world. I love Timothy Zahn. He is by far my favorite author in the history of the world period Mm -hmm. i've read lots and lots of books i know it's fiction i know it's star wars and i know i'm putting them up against like i don't know shakespeare but it still doesn't change the Mm -hmm. fact that me personally i enjoy timothy zahn's writing better than anybody else um i'd Mm -hmm. say second is a jk rowling kind of thing and that's because Mm -hmm. it's a little bit parochial for my tastes but i still enjoy it a ton i mean like favorite series of all time i love harry potter Mm -hmm. but uh Timothy's on. I feel the way he writes is perfect for me and exactly what I'm looking for in a book. I think he's top mm-hmm. notch. He has been right. a, I don't know. Uh, I've been a huge fan of his since I was shoot, man. What? Eight, nine. When did those books mm-hmm. come out? So forever. And, uh, yeah. Last week, Timothy's on wrote me. Yeah. 95. 95. So I was 15 mm-hmm. years old. Um, last week, Timothy Zahn wrote me on my email and he's like, Hey Mike, how you doing? Hope everything's fine. Hope you and the wife are doing good. Blah, 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 blah. Which just that is, uh, and I, uh, you have an email in your inbox from where he wrote me, not even me to bother him just to be like, Hey Mike, how you doing? And it's like, dude, Mm -hmm. that's Timothy Zahn. So, believe mm-hmm. me, it's not wasted on me. I mean, the sheer fact that Ian McDermott is coming to Nashville, Tennessee. I mean, this is a guy who's done 14 conventions in his entire career. 14. Mm-hmm. The last time he right. was at a convention was Celebration in Orlando back in, what, 1902? So when se- was that? That seems like se- so long se- ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was only 2017, Mike. 2017. But, uh, but still, that's four or mm-hmm. five years now. So, I mean... The sheer fact that out of all the conventions in the world, that somebody that prestigious would choose our convention. And the reason why he's choosing our convention is because he has heard from other movie stars the way we run things and how nice we do it and how we do it for the community and how the community is what we care about and what we focus on, not the bottom line. He is... And I find that, man, I find it with so many of these guest stars. They are such wonderful people that really, really love that they were able to be in these shows and just want the people that love it to have a chance. They don't like when one of the things that, you know, Mr. McDermott was saying was uh, they don't like when uh, kids have to just stand way at the back of the line and forever they got to wait and they're in their little cosplay. Why can't kids come to the front? You know what? Of course, man, if there's a little kid, we're going to let them sneak to the front of the line and get an autograph. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, this is the best part about ICC con, which is something that you don't control. I don't control. None of us on the leadership team control. Mm-hmm. When we bring a little kid and go, you can go up and meet the emperor before this line of people. Every single person in that line will have absolutely no problem with it. Exactly. There is no other place mm-hmm. on the planet that it's like that. I dare you to try to cut the line with a little kid at a McDonald's restroom. People will throw mm-hmm. you out of it, but not at ICC right. Con. And that's one of the most beautiful things about our convention, Philip, that I don't think any convention out there can claim. Well, yeah, the the culture of the convention, I mean, this, the selflessness you can feel 
all around you that everyone's there not to for themselves but to freaking be a part of the community yeah. right yeah. and uh it's it's one of the great things about about ICCC but it's really my favorite anyway. thing and it's it's well, so reassuring that mm-hmm. you know Mac and Swank saw that on their own and reached out you know what I mean it's it's mm-hmm. I don't know man we've been doing this a it's long time cool. and it's nice that people like that are noticing yep here's another thing I love I I think it's entirely possible that we might be able to get Daniel Logan to cosplay as Omega. What do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> He's always putting up those, uh, what is it, the pictures where they lay over the picture mm-hmm. on Omega? Exactly. exactly. But what other <laughs> convention could make that? If, if it can happen, we can make it happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt he'd do That's that. That's the but... point. <laughs> yeah. <I> was... <laughs> Anyway, but he is funny, time. man, and he's such a good sport. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he would. I, I love Daniel Logan. Well, there's another oh, one. Yeah. These guys from Rebel Force mm-hmm. Radio, they heard mm-hmm. from something that Daniel Logan was saying or something. Because it came up on, mm-hmm. I don't remember the podcast was like five weeks ago now that we recorded it or four weeks ago. But mm-hmm. uh, it came up and he was like, oh, you know what? Daniel Logan was like, you're such a good guy. And also Kevin Lyle, who does our thing. Also talk to them. Mm-hmm. I think what happened is enough people talked to them that they started looking into right. it. And once you look into mm-hmm. the ICC con, you can look at mm-hmm. every single review, every single comment, every single screenshot, mm-hmm. every single everything, and it all comes up saying the same thing. That we're just right. here to make something pretty for the community, and we hope everybody joins in. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, we both know this is going to be a labor of love for years and years and years to come. It such warms my heart, I mean, honestly, to see the wider Star Wars community, especially the dignitaries that yeah. the Force Radio guys are, are uh, take notice and want to participate. So good well, times. It was so ahead, cool at the sure. con, too, man. I mean, we had like, there was 501st and Rebel Legion and Mando Mercs mm-hmm. and, you know what I mean, Cosplay right. Collective and mm-hmm. this other one. I, I, Dude, it's really coming together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's really, really cool. Right. Because, I don't know, man. Timothy Zahn wrote me to be like, how you doing, bro? <laughs> like, the other day. Are you kidding me? What more could I ask for? Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. Oh, man. Is this even a news section anymore, Mike? <laughs> I don't even know. Dude, I, that's, I the, know. that's always been the problem with IC Star Wars. Is It's so mm-hmm. organic because it's just mm-hmm. always, even the interviews and stuff are just friends just talking, man. And I think yeah, that's what and, the best part of this is. And, you know, everything, especially as it relates to, to the context of the day, everything is connected. Yeah. You know, whether it's collecting, storytelling, guest stars, community. I mean, all these things play into a big... Uh, uh, um, a borg of things together that well i think our biggest problem is we should have an hour phone call before this and talk about everything we haven't talked about yet <laughs> that's true instead that's we true. come on here and we just like chat and like uh, hey bro how you doing man how's the weather in california you know <laughs> that would require actual planning <laughs> i know but that's you know what i think that's something mm-hmm. else that people really like because i know the podcast gets a ton of hits man and I think, and I might be completely wrong, but I think the way people, I think people can understand that it's completely unscripted. 
Um, we just kind of spout mm-hmm. off whatever happens to be floating through our little brains at the time. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it comes out to a podcast, which is wonderful, man. So everybody that sticks with us and everybody mm-hmm. that listens and everybody that passes on, if you learn something from this or hear something from this or, you know, if you work at Lucasfilm and you'd like to tell them that gravity doesn't work in space or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, also that me and Philip would gladly be sweating in plastic rubber suits in any desert they choose. Right, Philip? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. 100%. There you go. So if you need some monsters, Mm -hmm. we we got your monsters. And uh, Uh no, I I just think it's really cool, man, because I don't know. This whole thing started a million years ago, and it was just because people were picking on me on some Facebook group. Sometimes the littlest threads in your life create the biggest, you know, changes, right? You never know where and, it's going to uh, come from, man. I agree with you. You never know where it's going to go. Yeah. Okay. Ask Mike. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. All right, let's dive into the Ask Mike section of IC Star Wars. What Ask Mike is, uh, I put up a post on the original Imperial Commissary, the Star Wars Facebook group that started it all. I say, Ask Mike, ask me anything in the comments about the IC, ICC Con, Star Wars, Music City Havens, IC Toys, IC Star Wars, anything at all. I'll do my best to answer it off the cuff on the airwaves. I don't look at the questions ahead of time, so it's fresh for the show. So here we go. I have the questions up here. Uh, first question is Scott Yarwood, uh, Scott Yarwood, besides the obvious, why Boba Fett? Well, anybody that listens to the podcast knows why Boba Fett, but, um, I'll always answer any questions. So the reason why Boba Fett, I, I really liked, uh, knights when I was growing up, um, medieval knights and Boba Fett is essentially like a medieval knight with blaster weapons and a rocket pack. Um, so that's really cool. But also I really like the, uh, Bounty Hunter Tales and the story of Boba Fett. If you ever read it, it's an old book. It's not canon anymore, but it was when I was growing up. And uh, I really, really like Boba Fett. Boba Fett's, uh, I don't know, his his principles, his whole his whole personality. You know. Um, next up, Lyle Jones. Mike, is there any way to get a shipping service at ICCC 2022 so that people who are flying and driving can have shipped home and not have to try to pack it in an airplane or a packed car? Um, Yes, it's totally possible, but I'm not going to do it, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> uh, at ICCC Volume 1, um, I did. I put uh, UPS and FedEx were on site. UPS and FedEx were on site. So we had UPS and FedEx there, and people could have just you know, gone and used UPS and FedEx. Well, what happened is at the end of the show, the guy that was running that booth for me um, came to me, and he was like, well, we had one package shipped, and... Uh, we kind of lost a whole bunch of money. So I can, but I don't know if we're an 80,000 person show that requires it yet. Um, maybe we will, you know, in a couple years get there. Uh, but there is a UPS store literally like right down the block from the Sheridan. Um, so it's really close. We have Uber um, and literally a two minute Uber ride you know, and you could get everything shipped. So no worries there. Uh, the location is amazing because it's right downtown, um, right near the airport there, you know, Nashville proper. So even though it's it's a bit more pricey to get that kind of location, it's worth getting that kind of location because, yeah, you have a UPS store right there. If you're hungry and you don't want something that's on site, you got a jack-in-the-box right there and a whole bunch of other restaurants. There's everything you could ever want. Plus, you have downtown Nashville so close 
There's every kind of honky-tonk and bar and brewery and barbecue joint you could think of. Uh, next up, Joe Stewart just wrote a W. Um, <laughs> you just wrote the letter W. Well, Joe Stewart, let me go off W. I'm going to say Weequay. Weequay is the figure of the week on the Imperial Commissary. Check it out. Uh, Richard Trosclair. Will we have another exclusive figure at the next ICCC in 2022? Okay. This is the first ever talking about this publicly at all. Uh, yes. What's happening right now is we're still finishing up the last of the exclusive figures from last year because that was our first year ever creating an exclusive figure from scratch. What that took entailed, what, or what that entailed was uh, Matt Brookins um, is a great customizer and he's a friend of mine. And uh, I asked him, shoot, two years ago now, I was like, hey man, you know, I would really like an exclusive, but I'm having a tough time getting an exclusive because if you don't want 60,000 pops, they don't want to talk to you. And what am I going to do with 60,000 exclusives? It doesn't sound too exclusive, but I guess that's the way it goes. And that's why you end up finding them at like different, you know, secondary stores after conventions all the time. But anyway, so kept looking around, kept looking around, trying to figure out how to get an exclusive, you know, all the different major companies that I love that I purchase stuff from all the time they want to wait they want to wait until you're massive so that they know that you know they can have big hunks and stuff like that and i understand that you know you they're massive companies i mean when you're talking about lego they are so awesome but they are gigantic you know and we're not like that and i don't know if i ever want us to be like that um but i don't know if we can grow it properly i mean i don't mind forty thousand people hanging out as long as they're all hanging out and we're all having fun the same way we have fun like last year. Last year was awesome. Um, so anyway, the way we do the exclusives is I talked to Matt and I said, all right, Matt, I need you to make 100 uh, exclusive figures. Or was it 150? There were three, right? Yeah. So 150 exclusive figures. And uh, what it was is it's 50 of the Boba Fett with the original, um, with the ICCC paint. And then it was 50 of the blue droids ones. And we were going to do another one for like uh, people online and around if they did really well to sell um, on the IC and stuff like that, which was going to be the third. So that one ended up getting dropped off and we made it just convention exclusives. And uh, we had the droids Boba Fett and then we had the, uh, the in the box, the custom box and everything. And then we had the... Uh, other Boba Fett, the uh, ICCC one with the ICCC colors, which was really, really cool. So we had those two Bobas, and uh, we put them out there, and they instantly sold out. People were standing in line at like 5 a.m. just waiting in line so they would make sure to get one. Um, they sold out so quickly, uh, and we didn't expect it. So we did have only one of the prototype of the uh, ICCC Boba Fett um, the ICCC colors, um, on site. So we had the prototype, we had a couple that were done, um, but we had the prototype to show at the store and those all got bought up. We did a pre-order just like the early bird certificate that Kenner did way back in the day. And the reason why we did that is because, uh, we didn't have them made yet. So just like Kenner did back in the day, we wanted to make sure that everybody knew that, it was going to take some time because these still had to be produced. I mean, it is one human being literally molding the figure and uh, kit bashing figures together to make a mold and then getting the molds. And you can only have a certain number out of the molds before the molds lose their uh, their stability. 
and then he would make those mold ones and put them all together because they're fully articulating too which is crazy like just like the old school star wars figures you know five points of articulation and then he has to paint them by hand and then he has to package them put the bubble on put it on the custom card back for iccc all that fun stuff so that's a ton of work that has to go into each one of these these are not some random customs dare i say that they're better than any mass-produced thing that exists. If you think about it, there is not 60,000 of these. You're not going to walk into a GameStop in six months and five, find 100 of them on the shelf. There's 50. There's 50. I mean, for the crew and for the people and for the VIPs and for everything, there are 50 of each of these variants. That's, that's it. Um, so there's really only 100 out there ever for the rest of time i mean and they're phenomenal they're phenomenal they're beautiful looking figures top-notch artwork top-notch card backs and they're even getting better next year so to answer your question in an extremely long roundabout way will there be more um exclusives at iccc next year yes they're gonna be unbelievable and uh i'll let you in on a little secret well, no, I don't know if I can. Well, yeah, I can. You know what? You're, you're podcast listeners to IC Star Wars, so I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Um, Kim DeSimmons, if you know Kim Simmons, um, he is the man who shot Skywalker. He, we have a great relationship with Kim. He came to the very first IC meetup up in Kentucky, and I met, I met like a hero of mine, which was awesome. And he's always been at the ICC cons. But Kim Simmons is the guy who used to take the pictures for uh, the card backs and for um like i don't know the slave one or the millennium falcon stuff like that for the box art uh way back in the day for kenner and also way all the way up through where kenner started making the muscle man figures in the 90s you know but um so kim simmons is collaborating with myself and matt brookins and we have something phenomenal to uh show you also uh if you did buy your exclusive last year they are coming in i just got a shipment notification so they should be here soon then they will be shipping and as soon as they ship out uh, we will be all caught up so if you have your little top of your early bird certificate that's also probably going to be worth a bunch because uh they're never going to be made again. We're going to have these on site beforehand because it's just way too much work to try to ship them on the back end. But um, very exciting. Wait till you see it. There will be blog posts. We are starting to come up. We're not there yet. We're still about eight months, a little bit more, but we're eight months out. So about six months is where we start to announce things. So where we start, you'll see a blog post about these or you'll see this or you'll see that. So look, start getting ready about six months before that's when it starts ramping up and then about two months before it is just i'll inundate you with awesome awesome news um and cool things that are going to be at ICCCon 2022 check it out www.icnashville.com if you want to follow along with uh some of the people that came in the past uh just join up www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ic collectors convention that's where uh, everybody talks about like what swag they're making what patches they have coins um, all the different stuff that they make for ICCC, all the different exclusives. They also talk about where the room sales are going to be, when the room sales are going to be. See, room sales have nothing to do with ICCCon. Um, they are just done by... What happens is when a whole bunch of Star Wars nerds get together anywhere, 
they're going to buy, sell, and trade. It's just what we do. It's the passion of it, and I love it. So believe me, I, I will never tie their hands. And yes, I found a hotel that is very, very understanding about, you know, a couple thousand nerds taking over their lobby all night to play toys. Um, but uh, it has nothing to do with the ICC con. It has nothing to do with me. Our security does not watch it. Um it's it's just done by the fans. It's essentially an organic thing where the fans just hang out. So yeah, we don't stop it. I certainly don't run it, but if you're looking to learn about it, that's usually the place where it comes up a lot. And then uh, Ryan Lemku ends up building a group. He's the one who started putting it together, which was really cool. It came out awesome last year. I mean, there was so many toys out there and so many deals to be had. It was really cool. Room sales were cool last year. And I only got to walk through it with Taco Bell while I was dragging my feet to my room there. <laughs> All right, next up on the Ask Mike section, Philip Abrahart. If you could choose any career other than the ones you presently have, the trucking company paintings, the best Star Wars group on the planet, etc., etc., what would your dream job be and what could you see yourself doing? Um, if I was a little bit shorter, I would have been a pilot. I always wanted to be a pilot. I would have been an astronaut. I always wanted to go to space. I still want to go to space. If they ever make space affordable in my lifetime, I will be the 101-year-old man going up on a rocket ship. Definitely uh, sign me up. But um, no, I don't know. I, I, I knew by the time I was in like seventh grade, I couldn't be a pilot, um, which was a bummer. And it's just because I'm super duper tall and there were tons of rules against it and back in the day if you came from where i came from if you wanted to be a pilot you joined the air force and uh i just i don't know i definitely didn't qualify to fit in a cockpit which was a total bummer but hey that's life that's life but you know what i can reach everything on the top shelf so it's great no complaints um but yeah that's what i would have done i would have been like a test pilot crazy pilot guy that you know fly space shuttles that's yeah for sure and uh that's about it for ask mike thank you for tuning in for another amazing episode of i see star wars thank you very much philip brown for being my co-host be sure to check out the imperial commissary at www.imperialcommissary.com follow us on instagram at iccc nashville uh we have a twitter page as well at iccc nashville check out the convention website icnashville.com also go over to the convention facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash icnashville and also we have the convention Facebook page if you've already been or if you have questions about ICCCon go on over to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ICCollectorsCon also check us out on YouTube at www.youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Imperial Commissary we will see you soon on the next episode of IC Star Wars